Like it. All right, we're live. We're here. What up? What up? What up, coaches? Uh, we're just gonna stick right to the schedule here. We're gonna go quick. We can mess around with all the fun stuff. Maybe if you really demand it, we'll come back into a separate uh, fun only. <laughs> Everybody that's well, listen, we can't be, we can't saying, praise the Lord, they're not doing the yeah, fun stuff. Praise the, the Lord. The, the, I don't the, have quote fun stuff. Yeah, we're already doing way too much fun content, you know, on the, it's, it's going really well, you can tell yeah. on our Instagram. I'm but. not an infinite well of fun, guys, okay? There's only so much in this. As much as it would seem like it. <laughs> That's just not the case. It's not the case. So here's kind of, here's what we're doing. We're going to talk a little bit about philosophy of being a student coach and how that has stayed the same, but also how it's shifting a little bit with what's going on. And so... I guess I'll just start first by saying this, Bina, and you guys know this, we say this all the time, and if, if you don't hear this from us enough, I'm sorry, but being a, being a student coach is really hard. It, it's crazy hard, but but I think that right now, the, the way we're doing student ministry, it's even harder than it's ever been. And so I want you to know that we, we get it. We get that it's crazy difficult to convince kids to hop on the Zoom call. We, we get that it's crazy difficult to convince people to engage with you only online when there's no there's no experience there's no personal like connection point uh, we, we get how incredibly difficult it is um, but, but also I think I know that a lot of you a lot of you want to still be awesome at it I think you, you still want to to be successful and, and what we want to be clear about is that there's a few ways that you can kind of figure out how you're being successful and it's not simply that people are jumping on my zoom call please don't boil it down to that. That's not the only way that you can be successful as a coach right now is getting kids on your Zoom call. Um, and, and so we're going to talk a little bit about the ways that, that you can be encouraged that you're doing well as a coach right now. And some big picture ideas that I think will help you go through this season of being a coach. But also I think these, these truths actually will, will go long on past when we go back to normal. These are things that you can carry with you and things you can keep doing. And so I guess the, the big picture idea is Taylor kind of explained, when, when you boil it down to one thing, how are you as a coach gonna know that you did a great job during this quarantine? Yeah, yeah, I, I think when we get to the other end of this, um, your students are going to know, uh, or excuse me, you're going to know that, that this season was a success if your student can say, man, my coach cared and my coach reached out to me. Um, like Jake said, we have no point of reference for this season. And we don't, we don't really know how to like quantify what success is. But I think that statement alone, if our students can say that, man, my coach cared for me through this, then I think that is a big win for us. And I, again, going back to what Jake said, I, we, we know a lot of students are ghosting us right now and it's, it's super hard to get into contact with them. And so for a lot of, for a lot of us, it feels like this like one way interaction. It feels like you're the one always reaching out. It feels like you're the one always trying to get them on the Zoom call. It feels like you're the one always trying to start a conversation with them, but keep doing it, keep moving forward. And if your student can say that, man, my coach reached out to me. He, he actually, she actually made an effort uh, to pour into me uh, during quarantine, man, that that's that's the big one there. Even if that means you had two people on your Zoom call, that's still a big success for us. And so what we're going to do here, um, we're going to do a few things. Uh, the first thing is this. Um, we know that a lot of small groups right now in and out of quarantine 
have a lot of different students that are in different seasons and in a lot of different like places with their interaction with you as a coach. And so this is what we wanna do. We wanna kind of break down your students into three camps. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna break them down into three camps on level of involvement and engagement with you as the coach. And then what we want you to kind of think through with your co-coach is how should you spend your time connecting with those different camps of students and how much they're involved with you. So Jake, do you kind of want to kick us off really quick with the different camps of students that we have in our small groups? Yeah. So I think here's the idea. You have a bunch of students and I want, and I want you to take some time to break down all of your students into these three tiers or camps, whatever you want to call them. So the, the first camp one is that these are the kids that are super easy to connect to. These are the kids that always respond to your group text. They always hop on the Zoom. They don't take any work really for you to engage with them. Like oftentimes they'll even engage with you. They'll text you first. They'll, they'll call you first. They'll say, when's the Zoom? These are the kids that, that are most on board to be a part of what we're doing. So that's the first camp. These are, these are the kids that are like your, your quote unquote church kids. I think that's yes. just the easiest way to label camp one. These are the church kids that have been at CCB since like they were born. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so you're going to, you're going to honestly take, take five minutes. If you listen to this, get out a pad of paper and literally bite down who these kids are. So write down who those kids are. Uh, so that's the first camp. The, the second camp of students are your sporadic connectors. They're the ones that show up like when they're asked specifically, they're the ones that show up when you reach out to them, they'll talk to you and they actually enjoy talking to you. They're never going to initiate it. They're never going to come to you. You're going to be the one that's always pushing to, Hey, hey come to this, be a part of this. Uh, hey, how are you doing? And if you reach out, they'll, they'll reach back and they'll engage with you. And so that's just this middle group. That's camp two. And so, so write all those guys down, uh, those guys and girls down. And then the third camp is these are the, the students that are hard to connect to. These are the ones that you would be shocked if they hopped on your Zoom call. It would be like, oh my gosh, uh, quarantine must be over. Like something crazy is happening because they're on the Zoom call. Uh, do, do they even look at the group chat? Every time you send one, you're like, they've never responded to a group chat in a year. I don't even, do they, they probably have me on mute. Uh, they'll sometimes respond to you if you shoot them a direct text. They may pick up your phone call. But if, even if they do, they, it'll be like really short and brief and they don't really want to talk to you. It's like pulling teeth. <laughs> so, so those are your three camps. So your, your kids that are easy to connect to, your kids that are like in the middle and then your last campers, these are the kids that are hardest to connect to. And so um, here's what we're gonna do. I want you to break those out. And if you, if you have to pause this and take time to break it out. Uh, and then now, once you have it all split up, Taylor is gonna talk a little bit right now about how you think and the order of which you should be spending your time. What order of students are you should be spending your time trying to connect with? Yep. Yeah. And, and the, the caveat to this is, is we're not asking you to ignore certain students. Okay. Uh, we're, we're simply asking you as a coach to be strategic about how you're investing in students. Again, we are going to base success after this season if our students can say that they were loved and they were taken care of by your student. And, and you can't do that if we forget certain students. Okay, so we're just gonna simply try to break this down and how do we prioritize your small group and how do we spend time with different camps? And, and so I think uh, priority number one, okay, maybe, maybe the group, the camp of students that you might focus a little bit more time on are, are those twos. Man, those twos are, are super close. Those are the, like Jake said, those are the students that are, that are like at the cusp 
of jumping to camp one. Uh, typically those twos are our students. Um, I think about a lot of students that Jake and I personally go after when we go into schools. They're the athletes, they're the football players, the basketball players. They're the kids that are highly engaged at their school and they're figuring out who Jesus is and they're starting to get connected a little bit. Those yeah, are the student kids. council, like doesn't have to be sports, but like they're, they're yeah. kids that are, they're connected and they're, they'll be willing to do stuff if. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, I'm just speaking just directly to like the influence that. Uh, Jake and I personally yeah. have. these are the kids that are highly engaged in different capacities at school and man if you could if you could just spend a little bit more time invest a little bit more time into these kids it clicks for them they, they do they want to know who Jesus is and, and sometimes it takes just a little bit more investment and so these twos are so important I think to the to the health of your small group because if you can get them into camp one man your small group grows like wildfire these are the kids that are, are, are gonna bring people in uh, uh, the second camp, I think that uh, would require maybe just a little bit more time. The next group is group three. They, they need your connection. These are the kids that you might lose sleep over at night. These are the kids that, that you see so much potential in them and you pull your hair out because they show up one once every month or once every other month. Like these are the kids that you're constantly reaching out to and, and you get so frustrated with. But this is what I know. Uh, and I, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, Camp three is the reason why I do student ministry because I, I think I found myself in camp three sometimes as a student. These are the kids that even though they don't show up, we still need to go after because the moment that it, it clicks for them, they, they are like they are like a a, a like I don't I don't even know how to describe it. They, these kids will will bring other kids to Jesus um, and, and have so much potential in them and so. Um, the goal with threes is to lay down enough relational capital that they move up to group two. Well, our goal isn't to get them to group one immediately, but we want to, to start building that relationship slowly to move them up uh, to group two. And so yeah. you want to add anything to those camp three, three guys? Well, I'll, no, I'll jump in and do the, I'll do number one, just because you already said this up top. So I just want you to, you would be hear this from both Taylor and myself. We're putting group one last we are not saying forgetting about them. I just want to make sure that you hear that from us both. And so here's the idea. And this is why, this is why it's tricky. The, the number one kids are often the kids that fill your bucket the most. They're often the kids that when you're, when you're done talking to them, you're like, Oh, thank you. Like, Oh, they're getting it. Oh man, this is great. I had a real conversation. It was awesome. It was easy. They're often the easiest to talk to. They're off, often the person where if you get a text from, Taylor or myself saying, hey, reach out to some kids of the kids you text first because you know they're going to respond. And I I want you to keep engaging with them because you don't you don't want to ignore them because then they, they might fall into that group too. They, they might kind of fall down a little bit. But they also don't need a lot from you to stay connected. And so don't, don't continue to reach out to them because it's easy. Uh, spend a lot of time reaching out to these other kids that are on the fringe. And because and, if you spend all your time in that first camp, that camp one, it, your group is never going to grow. Like your group is never going to reach more people for Jesus. And and one thing, you, what you could do if you still want to engage with those group that that camp one people, empower camp oneers to encourage camp two and three. Yep. So instead of putting all the onus on you, you can empower those students that are your lead kids that are bought in to push them to reach out to one or two of the kids that are lower down in the tiers. And I, I think I'll just echo what Taylor said too that that groups three. I would say is the same. That is why Jake wakes up fired up in the morning to, to come to ministry. 
And that does what I what I also want to say is that does not mean if those kids don't fire you up that you're in the wrong spot. That's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but realize that that Jesus constantly talks about going after the lost sheep. He constantly talks about the lost coin, all those parables. And, and so spend time reaching out to those students. And and here's where we're gonna make this last term. I think when we say that, this is what we hear a lot from coaches. And this is a very, we believe you, this is a 100% true. Hey, those students never respond to me. Those students are ghosting me. Those students, it's like, what's the point? Like, Jake, I'm spending so much time reaching out to these kids that they came one time and they never respond. Like, is it, what's the point? Like, should I not be investing all these time in these kids that come all the time? And, and I think that, uh, hear this, this whole conversation is kind of a split in half. There's a difference between connecting and discipling. And so we need you to spend the most time connecting with these camp three guys. You can still disciple your camp one guys, uh, your camp one girl. These are your Bible studies on Tuesday night. This is when you're investing extra time in those, those tier one, those camp one kids. But I still need you to spend a lot of your connection time reaching after these kids that are ghosting you and reaching out. And so here's kind of the idea. This is the big picture we're going to talk about next. I'm going to talk about a way that I think can get you more responses in your communication. Some ways that you, when you reach out, people reach back. And, and it comes from this first idea. This first idea is this. People, students in general, more than anything, want to feel like their opinion matters. They want to feel valued. They want to feel uh, and as soon as, and this happens with me as an adult, this happens with you as an adult, this happens with you as a spouse, as you as a, a coworker, uh, you as an employee, it happened when you were on a high school basketball team, and it happens all the way down when you're in high school. As soon as you feel like you have no say in the relationship, as soon as you feel like this relationship is simply transactional, that you're simply just asking me to do things and you don't care, people bail on relationships. They put no more effort in. And so this is incredibly true with our high school students as well. And so the whole premise of the next like two or three minutes is I want you to think about this. And this is the thing you need to think about. What is my connection ratio? What's my ratio of connection with these students? And, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about for the next couple of minutes. So, Taylor, if you want to jump into that a little bit and unpack what that means. By the way, look, a lot of this is from Jake's head. You, you should write a book about this, man. This is good. This is good stuff right here. Um, okay. So, like Jake said, there's two types Thank of you. Thank you, person that I employ for saying something nice about me. <laughs> Appreciate it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, the first type of communication that we're talking about, like Jake said, is transactional. Okay. And so let's, let's think through all your, right, right now, if you can, uh, try and recall all the different types of communications you've had with your small group in the past, let's just call it two weeks, okay? What, what kind of messages, what are things that you're asking your small group, okay? And if you're asking them or saying things to them, such as this, this would fall in the transactional bucket, okay? So these are some phrases you might see in the transactional bucket. Hey, see you at church this weekend, question mark? Or, hey, you, you're going to hop on Zoom, question mark? Hey, have you done the Bible reading plan? Hey, you want to you join our Tuesday night Bible study? Those questions aren't bad. Those are actually great questions, and, and we encourage you to be asking those questions. But I think sometimes if those are the only questions that we're asking our students, 
I think they start to pick up on what Jake was talking about, that our relationship is simply transactional. You want something from me. You want for me to only show up so that I'm a number, okay? So I'm gonna pause on that and we're gonna move to relational, okay? So now the relational communication, that bucket, kind of kind of the, the, the quote that we're giving that is these, these are the no strings attached questions or, or messages or things that we're communicating to our students. So it might sound something like this for the relational communication bucket. Hey, uh, you watched the game last night? Did you watch the last dance with MJ last night? Hey dude, just, just finished Breaking Bad. I need a new show to watch. You got any Netflix suggestions? Hey, uh, this, this is Jake speaking right here. He just got a new phone. Hey, got a new phone. I'm old. How do I use it? Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey dude, uh, been, been working out. I need a new, I need a new pre-workout energy drink. W what do you got for me? Okay. As you can see, these relational conversations are a lot different than our transactional conversations, right? Transactional conversations are very close-ended, right? You're trying to arrive to something to get something out of them. Again, it's not necessarily bad, but these relational pieces are very open-ended. These are the, these are, honestly guys, these are the types of conversations you have with your best friend, with your spouse, with your kids, where you're simply just trying to build relational equity with them. And so I want to, to kind of separate those two camps for you as we jump into what does it look like to have a healthy ratio of transactional versus relational conversations with our students. And so Jake, you want you want to jump into addressing those ratios within each camp of student that we talked about. Yeah, and, and this is not this is not a science. I didn't Oh, sure. it's a science, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, there's not a book about this until I write one. Yep. That's right. But I think that, that these ratios are something good to think about to, to make sure that your relationships with students in these different camps have the best potential to, to move to a different camp, to move up uh, and not to watch people exit. And so I'm gonna start with camp three. In camp three, I think your ratio of communication uh, versus transactional communication needs to be 90% relational and 10% transactional. And so if you feel like you're getting ghosted by a student, look back at your text conversation. What, 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 you, what is your percentage ratio right now? Are all of your tests or your, your, all of your communications with them via personal text, via group chat, are they all transactional? Hey, come to this. Are you coming? We missed you. And, and if those are all the case, and like we're saying, those are good, you need to keep doing those. But in order for those to land, you have to earn the right to say those things. You have to earn the relational capital to be able to ask those questions of people. And so if you look back in your text conversation and all of your stuff is asking questions that have a price tag on them, you're going to have to take a couple days, a couple weeks maybe to ask questions that have no price tag that literally are just simple. Like, how you doing? And, and students want more than anything to have their opinion valued. And so if you can ask them something that forces them to respond with what they think, it's, it's like a, it's a bait they can't resist. Honestly, it's like a, it's a, uh, it's like you just threw the, like the, I was walking at the end of the park today. You just threw the tastiest worm in there for, for fish. Uh, and they like, it's easy to respond. My Brie, my wife is stupid that I say that everybody knows who do. Um, is in a group with girls that have a hard time responding. And it, these girls like never talk to her ever. And she literally just the other day was like, hey, where's good Mexican food in Anthem? And all these kids out of the woodwork are like telling her examples. Hey, I just got a new phone. What case should I buy? All these kids out of the woodwork are jumping in. 
because there's no that there's no comeback to that. This is a simply just a relational text. And I think yeah. if you work your ratio up to like 90% relational, you've earned the right to be 10% transactional. I'll do one other example here. I think it helps. You all know people who are trying to sell you stuff. You know people that are that are doing Melaleuca or that are doing um, that are just selling essential oils, whatever it is. You're okay with their social media feed asking you to do that if the ratio was okay. You're okay with them putting putting hey buy my essential oils on their Instagram feed if it's only one post a week. You become very frustrated when it starts getting like every other day, every day, and and you you and currently know that as an adult and, and high schoolers pick on up on that same thing. And so if they're not that connected with you, make sure that your ratio is 90% during that camp three, 90% relational and just 10% react, uh, transactional. And I think if they move into camp two, you can kind of switch it a little bit. And so like, I just wrote this down today. What, what I think the idea camp two, what could be your ratio? So it, it increases just a little bit. That transaction, transactional piece is increasing from 10% to 25%, okay? And, and I know that's hard to like quantify, you know? Yes. But uh, think of it like this. Um, if you have a week, m maybe you're asking them, um, or may let's, let's just say a month, okay? A month with that student, I was in camp three. Maybe you ask them a transactional thing once or twice in a month. Maybe that's bumping up to, to three or four times now, okay? It's bumping up just a little bit more, but it's still 75% relational. There's still a high focus on building that relationship. Um, man, when I started doing student ministry, one of my mentors, he drove this saying into me and it's never left me. And I think it has so much weight when talking about this. We as, we as leaders, we need to earn the right to be heard. And I don't think that happens when we go straight to transactional communication. That, that right to be heard by students happens in relational pieces. And so when we see those camp three students move to camp two students, we're seeing that trust is increasing just a little bit more. We're seeing that because we built that relationship, now they're, now they're showing up twice a month to Sundays. We see that they're, they're showing up to our Zoom meetings a, a couple more times than usual every month. And uh, we'll see that those those uh, camp students, two students, are a little bit more bought in uh, to what we're doing. And yep. please use us on this. We're not asking you to not talk about Jesus. We're, we're not asking you to ghost Jesus in your communication. But what we are asking you is this: just be strategic about how you bring it up with these students. And in those relational pieces, even though you're not directly talking about Jesus, you're still being Jesus to that student, the way you interact with them and the way you love them, okay? Um, just, just hear us on that. We're not asking you to dumb down the gospel. We're simply just asking you maybe to be more, uh, be more Jesus than talk more Jesus to them until they yep. get to camp one. And Jake, you want to talk about camp one? Yeah, and then obviously the goal, once these kids that are already bought in and connected, I think your ratio could be 50-50. I think you can be 50% relational and 50% transactional. These are the students that, and even your, your students, as it goes even higher, if they're not students that you're like really close with, but they're students that are super bought in, that's okay if that relationship turns into like, hey, jump on the bio plan, because you know you're not gonna lose them. We have coaches, like junior high coaches, um, and, and we, a lot of my communication with them is literally like, hey, we need a video. Like, I mean, Julia, you're probably listening to like, Julia just did a Devo for the students ministry. Like, I'm not texting Julia all the time, first off, because I know that Nikki is talking to her because she's her 
coach. So, so my connection with her is like, Hey, I think like you would be awesome at making a Devo. And I can ask her for that um, because it's not, it's not way out. It's not out of the norm. And I know she's connected and it's not a big deal. And so the, as these kids are more connected, your asks can be more consistent and they can be, they can actually raise the bar and you can challenge students to do things that are harder and more difficult and doing things that, that go out of their comfort zone. And your transactional statements cannot, won't, won't have to just be, hey, come to church, you know they're coming. Your transactional statement could be like, hey, do you have a friend you can invite? Hey, do you have, do you have someone who you can get to hop on the Zoom meeting? Hey, we're in the Zoom meeting right now. I got, I got a $5 Amazon card to the first kid that could get someone else in here. Just text all your friends. Uh, and something like that, where you can you can challenge them a little bit more because they're already in this this tier that's willing to be challenged. And so that's kind of that, that's those are what we're going to talk about. That that's the idea what we talked about today. We don't want to go. It's it's been a little long, but I think this stuff is important. I think it's helpful. And so I guess what, what the takeaway for you as a coach, if you have some time this week, split your group into tiers. Where do they fall? And then do a little honest assessment on how your communication ratio has been with those students. Has your ratio been close to the the 90-10? If, if you're 90-10 relational, if, if they're a tier three people or a camp three, is your relationship in the 75-25 if they're tier two? Or just kind of do a little self-assessment. And this is not to make you feel like you've been doing a terrible job. It's hopefully just to encourage you to like, hey, if you're not already like doing that much relational, like building that much relational equity, here's your chance. You've extended time to spend some time doing a little bit of that. And so that that's the main idea for today. I hope it's helpful. I hope it's something you can chew on a little bit. And I think honestly, it's, it, it, this is a good thing for me too. Cause I mean, I, I, my job is to connect with you guys as coaches and, and I got to make sure that, that my, I, like, it's the same thing. Like you're all going to stop being high school coaches if I only ever ask you to do crap. And so this is a good, just, this is just good for me to work on. And I, this is not the person who is awesome at this telling you guys to do this because you all know that I'm not the best relational human. <laughs> so I need to work on this as much as anybody. And so I uh, appreciate you guys like so really so much. We, we get how crazy hard this is and you have no idea how cool it is just to see you guys. Like even just, even just this morning, like Jason and Todd, like, yo, we had, we had seven guys on a Zoom that's chat. That's like literally like, it's exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. And so um, we appreciate you guys. And y'all are great. Yep. Love you guys. We'll see you guys later.